This is Marco Reus. This is Shinji Kagawa. This is Nuri Shahin. Hello, this is Jaden Sancho. And you're listening to the Yellow Wall podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 468 of the Yellow Airports. I'm Joachim from Botsko and today we will talk about Borussia Dortmund's one-all draw away to PSV Eindhoven. And for that, I'm joined by Abel Messeros. Abel, a long-time co-host of the Yellow Airports. I'm glad to have you back. It's been a while. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, reaching out. I always enjoy coming back. Um, it's nice to talk to you again. I, I, we sometimes talk, but... Uh, yeah, it's good to also do it on a, on a podcast. And uh, I don't know, no better time to do it uh, when uh, there's a BFAB Champions League game against uh, your good friend, our good friend, Peter Bush. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it, it was an a, uh, intriguing game in, in many ways, but I must say I've been a little bit disappointed by PSV. Uh, I thought that they would uh, dominate Dortmund even better, especially uh, the, their pressing would be uh, giving Dortmund a little bit more trouble. Um, but uh, overall, I thought Dortmund uh, made it through the night uh, quite in shape and uh, have now very good chances to go through to the uh, quarterfinals after the one-all draw. Obviously, a very controversial penalty call that did help PSV. But uh, yeah, Abel, overall, though, bigger picture. Um, all the words I just said uh, <laughs> does hint that uh, Dortmund are not doing too well uh, <laughs> on the football field. Uh, why do you think... Uh, that is currently that Dortmund are really struggling to contain a side like like PSV over 90 minutes. Yeah, I think I'm not even sure if there's like an intention necessarily. Like I, I got the like the overarching impression from that game was that like Dortmund were pretty happy to get like a draw. And I think you, even Hummel, you can Hummel tell said that the, the, the away goal rule is no longer in enacted because right. Dortmund were time-wasting starting by the 70th minute yeah. and there was zero urgency to even go for the winner. Yeah, I thought it was interesting what like Hummels and Emre Can, like Emre Can was something telling, telling somebody, talking about um, how they were hiding, um, which is somewhat ironic given he's the one saying it, but um, <laughs> Hummels has also mentioned about how, like I thought it was like a double meaning about how they they you know, like, uh, like they contain them, but, but with a little more organization and, and sort of precision and, and, and possession, they'll do well, which I think I'm, I'm not, I don't think he meant it that way, but I think it's like sort of, there's an irony there that's like, that's, that's also kind of the issue that they've had is that I don't know, like what this team's identity is in terms of what do they want to do with the ball? What do they, and I don't know what they want to do it and how do they want to execute those things? Um, is this team like capable of having sort of that level of precision? Um, or like, is it a team that I think like we saw in the group games where, where, um, they're pretty happy to, to keep these cl games close and kind of win on luck or talent in, in, in many ways. And yeah, like in this, this game, I think, yeah, the 
penalty was ridiculous, I think. Uh, but like be before that, I thought like you know Tillman had three three good chances. Uh, Payesh were pretty easily bypassing. Um, but then I also thought like Peter Bush was probably more pragmatic than, than which is I think no 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 Dortmund fans gonna believe it. But uh, <laughs> but uh, I think he's. He's somewhat, and I'm happy to talk to you about the approach, but, uh, yeah, I thought that was the, the general theme of the game of, 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 like, nobody seemed too unhappy with, with the draw, with, with Petri, obviously, pushing for a little more, but not at, like, all cost. That is true. Uh, I would say that, uh, for Peter Bosch's side, that was very problematic because they did not allow themselves to be counterattacked to shreds. Now, uh, maybe they would have if Dortmund's counterattacks were a little bit more precise <laughs> than they were in this game because there was a lot of sloppiness on, on top of it all. Um, if we uh, want to discuss tactics, maybe things would have worked out better for the Black and Yellows if uh, uh, especially Jane Sancho or Ian Martin had, had much better games on, on the left side. Uh, sort of the more creative outlets, I thought that Marco Reus's, uh Ball distribution wasn't great either, and Zabit Sanjan obviously uh, also not their very best games. I thought uh, Einhoven did well to take uh, Fulkrug out of the game uh, quite well, and of course, uh, yeah, that uh, did did slow things down significantly for Dortmund. I don't even recall that many chances uh, apart from the Malen goal, which was uh, obviously brilliant, but also I think it was slightly def deflected. Yeah, so so, so so Dortmund were somewhat lucky on that one. Um, yeah, but yeah. When you watch Dortmund these days, Abel, uh, you just said no identity. <laughs> it was funny, a uh, funny um, a comparison because uh, PSV posted this video of a uh, son talking to his, his uh, old father mm -hmm. yeah, about yeah, the, the new PSV and and their identity. And I was just thinking, well, if I was in the marketing department of Dortmund and tried to recreate this video, what? would the son even have to tell his father what this team is all about? Because I would have no idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what makes it, um, like to the extent that, I mean, uh, there is some remaining left of, of, of fandom for BFB in, in me, sort of deep, deeper, deeper down as, as the last couple of years have uh, shown. But it's, it's, it's really kind of tough to, tough to watch the, the games um, from that perspective. Um, but even from like an analytical perspective, it's, it's also like a very sort of little that's repeated or, or that's sort of intentional. Like you can definitely see the, some of the ideas, um, but it's more like the details that are missing. So like, you know, inverting Matson has been like a thing since January, right? And, and in the earlier parts of the, like the first couple of games in Bundesliga that took teams by surprise. But now I think, there's more of an adjustment, like definitely PSV, um, the way their defensive game plan was doubling the half spaces, defending very narrow. So they were always ignoring kind of the far side. And I think, you know, when it's Ryerson, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine to ignore him. And then they also were like, okay, betting on themselves to recover if the ball gets all the way over precisely to Jaden Sancho, which I don't really think it ever did. Or the times that it did, it was more like broken play transition. Um, yeah. and then they dealt with that, but, but, but they were pretty like happy with, with like pressing, but it wasn't like, you know, they were pressing with five at most. Uh, it was very rarely like fullback on fullback pressing. Like I think Sergio Des did it once or twice, but for the most part, they were just happy to keep the back four. 
um, and and keep like a higher line, but but confident that Dortmund are really like who's gonna run in behind, right? I mean, you know, Phil Krug isn't that type of a player, and then like you know, even Malin and, and Sancho are more ball to feet. Royce, you know, again, not that type of player. So isn't really in midfield runners again, not that much. So so I think it made sense for them to 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 sort of start higher, but maybe not need to press all the way out. And it's not like, you know, Dortmund have that build up uh detailed in the sense that, you know, even if they make that three two with Matson as they did in the first fifteen, twenty minutes a couple of times, what is and there's like the rotations, right, between the the front four and they can pick up and different positions. But isn't like coherent in a sense that there are, there aren't like sort of very easy to spot patterns, and it's not like the ball flows, you know. And I think that's the biggest criticism for Terzic in, in that sense, is that if you look at the teams in Germany, all the way from Stuttgart, Leverkusen, St. Pauli, you know, uh, all the way down to I don't know Hasfeld, Paderborn, you, you can go on and on, like with much lesser resources and and probably even. And, and, but but and coaches who who aren't aren't necessarily as renowned, and they've 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 had and then been less like sort of spent less time in the job, and they've been able to like create uh, an in possession plan, right? So I think that's the biggest criticism is is what do they do with the ball and and some of the numbers if you want I can go into that in terms of like how yes, how please. they uh, how they are um, down so um, like just even for for like last season you know like. Uh, the field tilt, which measures like sort of attacking third uh, involvement, is down like from fifty-eight to fifty-three. So, which is it's like fifth or sixth in the league. So they're not spending as much time in the opposition third, right? So, like um, on the on the individual level as well. Um, I mean, Malin's numbers are down in terms of like being able to carry the ball. Like, there's the, and if you look at like really any statistical measure. Um, very few Dortmund players show up in the top 10, you know, and Marlon will show up in the goals, but it's a lot of it is like, you know, uh, 0.10 XG chance that he finishes because he's a great finisher. Um, but, and and if you look at most of the games, even the, even the ones they win, it's like either they score very early, like against Freiburg and then they're okay, or they have massive problems against teams with intensity and a good, a good game plan. You know, and it's not that hard now, you know, from Heidenheim to Wolfsburg. And then maybe they went on talent, like against Darmstadt, or maybe maybe they don't, or maybe that team kind of gets tired, or, you know, they kind of win on luck, and, or Kobel's in great form, like in the Champions League, he's uh, like at, he's at like three three 3.9 goals saved above average. So there's been a lot of that, I think. And and then, yeah, I don't think like defensive stuff is, is, is all that great, but probably the the end of this long <laughs> and, and tenuous rant is, is, is the goals. So they're, they're, I think uh, they're uh, almost under two goals for the first time since 2017, which I think really tells you kind of everything about Dortmund, which is on paper, like you still have all of this talent on the team, right? From from Sancho on to, to everyone. And that's the end result. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, probably one of the gravest underperformances of Dortmund considering their resources. They are still the second richest team in Germany and it does yeah. not show at all currently. Really doesn't look like it whatsoever. I mean, in, in Dortmund's defense, uh, <laughs> Jude Bellingham left and then uh, they tried to replace him with Metzger, 
who has been pretty much injured all season. Um, obviously, uh, Adeyemi's hamstrings have been cooked ever since the yeah, Chelsea yeah. game. <laughs> uh, Sebastian Allaire is probably a more st tra uh, strategy, uh, tragic story, um, which obviously yeah. is also a lot of uh, transfer invested to, is unavailable. So, but these things happen to to multiple clubs, and uh, Emre Can, I'm pretty sure, is uh, not uh, just earning a buck fifty. Uh, a day so <laughs> these are all uh, guys on high wages that should be performing much much better but aren't so uh, from that standpoint I, I still think the the talent available for this particular game um, is high enough to to see a better brand of football I would say um, even though yeah. people do say that Dortmund need to uh, have a lot of change in personnel so that is sort of my opinion right now uh, that uh, um, Dortmund are not really utilizing the potential they have um, so they need to have much much better player to have them underperform to still better perform <laughs> I guess is the, the strategy so my question to you Abel is do you think at the end of this season Dortmund need to uh, sack Tessic and, and hire a different coach or do you think um, they can figure it out with him and uh, <laughs> Nuri Schein and Sven Benner as assistant coaches Yeah, I mean, that's interesting, right? Like, because when the Shahin appointment or those news broke, like, I think I wasn't really the only one who was like, well, this is sort of with one eye towards the future, right? And um, now there's like news about Kale and potentially Marcus Kruscher as, as a challenger or, you know, and then there's still, I think, in everyone's back of the mind, there's the Nagelsmann uh, rumors after after the Euros, maybe. And now I think you know, uh, talk about the other coaching impacts and, and moves in the Bundesliga. But I think the, the, the long or long and short answer is the same. Like they, they, I think they, they do realize that they need to move on because from Tessic, because it's not, it's, it's, I think there's like, you were talking about marketing. There's obviously a great amount of marketing of, in some ways, like he's, he is the most marketable coach uh, inside of Germany for sure. Like that they've had since Klopp, right? Like, um, just whole sort of being a guy who was on the terraces and, and from, from the area and, you know, assistant coach and, and, and that was his thing is that he is also a tactician who gets along with players. Now I'm talking more about the image than necessarily the reality, but, um, I think it's, it's probably like even last year, right? Like, you know, that, that, that basically throwing away the title that, wasn't really theirs to win in some ways, right? Because of like the the, the pre World Cup <laughs> debacles to this crazy run with Malin and 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 everyone and, and Branton Bellingham um, to like another now like a, again like a not a great start in in the the Hinrunde and again somewhat saved by Champions League, but though I would argue that there was a lot of luck in those games. And but more importantly, it's it's just sort of like, what is this team in terms of how do they want to play? But I think even beyond that is like, what's Dortmund known for? You know, like because uh, it would be previously it would be all these things like attractive football and eighty two thousand people and uh, developing all these young talent that then they can you know from, I mean from from whether it's sort of homegrown like like a Shahin. And now, we, now there's there's not really anyone like that, right? And there's also not like the Erling Haaland, Jude Bellingham, Jaden Sancho anymore. And 
<laughs> you know, like ironically, uh, there's Jane Central right there. Well, yeah, but he's there on like a on, a, on, on the Shahin deal, right? Where where he he went somewhere else and didn't do well, and now he's on like a kind of res- resurrecting his career kind of deal, which I think is smart from Norman Sutton's point. But it, it's like there's not really an expectation that he's gonna stay, right? I so, mean, Dortmund do have Bino Gettens and Duranville, who are yeah. not quite there yet, but you, you think that the talent level might be there for them to, to have a bigger breakthrough. And uh, I mean, Adeyemi, if uh, he wasn't injured every five minutes, I think yeah, yeah, could yeah. be a pretty pretty big player too. He's just utilizing his pace. Um, no, a, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on Bino Gittens. Like he's, he's, and he's got like amazing numbers and like he's the best progressive carrier. He's the best at getting into the box for some of the data in the Bundesliga and just why it was a really head scratcher when Marius Wolf came on after yeah that was yeah that's that, that that's another one where, where and again like, I think I think that's just um you understand it from the it's a knockout in the Champions League and uh, I think Terzic tends to be risk averse in, in many of these situations um yes. and I think that's certainly defensible in some ways but as like sort of a fan and some it's 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 kind of disappointing in the sense that because so like, I, I wanted to mention this about PSV as well as that like I watched them a little bit uh, for, for something else and like it's amazing that this team won 16 games in a row in Eredivisie because if you look at like who the players are it's like basically you know Luke de Jong who I think everyone's familiar with um, and then a lot of guys who are kind of returning like a Serginho Dest or Lozano who you know didn't really do that well as well or like Young guys like Bakayoko, who's probably the biggest kind of upcoming star, but he was sort of not healthy completely, like he was sick before the game. And he's getting so much out of these, you know, like, you know, I mean, Andre Ramayo is still prominently involved, although he didn't play this game. But like, it's, 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 um, I think it's, it's more down to Peter Bosch as, as a coach, as, as like getting this much out of this squad. And then you look at Dortmund and you say, okay, well, we've got Julian Brandt, who I think still, okay, inconsistencies, of course, but, you know, many people would love to have Bino Gittens as well. And then, okay, there's still injuries, but even with, with the injuries, like still there's a Mukoko, like it, it, there's still Zules is, is there. Like it's just, I'm just talking about like the bench players as well. It's, it's, it's pretty insane. Like I, I don't think I'm too sympathetic towards the, well, the squad isn't good enough, which is always the number one excuse. Um, but then, and then of course it's like, who put that squad together, right? Like it's not like, you know, um, it didn't just come magically, right? And, and I think Terzic, whether as a sporting director previously, which which is the one that he got after Rosa, or even now, I mean, we know that he's had a big amount of impact in, in putting this squad together. And to be fair, I don't think he made the made the argument that the squad isn't that great. But I think people do make the argument for him, which I don't really buy. No, for for sure. I mean, I would do make the argument, uh, especially for the number eight position. Um, yeah, be- because uh, I do not believe that Emre Can or, or Can or Zabitzer for that matter are, are really great connectors between defense and uh, attack and I think there could be players that do better. It's funny, I was just thinking about how, how Moda Hood in these days would probably be really big help for Dortmund um, just because of, of uh, his ability to play a vertical ball and uh, considering Dortmund don't always want to hold on to the ball for long but uh, you know... Um, have sometimes like these panicky phases in their games where they win possession and then try to play as vertically and as quickly forward as possible, but uh, it instantly breaks down because they just don't have the the players who have uh, 
who are who are quick thinkers, <laughs> if you will, yeah. um, to to really uh, utilize the, the the time and space that they do win with with the uh, turnover they force. Um, so that's that's uh, somewhat tragic uh, how many attacks have petered out for Dortmund and how many times they then are not in a very advantaged position as they once again uh, give the ball away. So it's been very chaotic just because um, Dortmund lacked the precision and uh, especially the speed. I think this is uh, something that I really realized uh, in, in this game, how long it takes for players to make a pass when they're on a counterattack, how long it takes for them to to make a switch of play and all these kind of things. Everyone is holding on to the ball way too long because everyone, I feel like, needs to scan the area first and, and see what's going on because there, and here comes my favorite word, are very few automatisms. <laughs> and and so it, it always feels like, okay, I need to step on the ball, I have to look around who who is where, and uh, in, instead of just knowing, okay, there is a, a run into that particular space where I can just pass the ball into, um, that that is something that has been completely lacking. I feel like it's something in professional football that is utilized a lot. So you can see it with, with good teams when the ball is played into space and there is no one home. The ball just runs out of play, uh, but at, at least it, it shows that there is a certain scheme uh, in, in place. Uh, Leverkusen have these situations every now and then where... Uh, you know, uh, Frimpong isn't where he's supposed to yeah. be, and then the ball just runs out of play <laughs> for Dortmund. That is that happens very, very uh, few times. If if anything, if the ball runs out of play, it's just because they've over or underhit the, the pass by a couple of meters. Um, so yeah, but but I I hear you. There there is a lot of uh, quality in this team, which is why they still do win a lot of games. <laughs> considering how how poor they play right now, but uh, yeah, I I do agree with you. I think uh, Tachita's days should be counted, whether they are. Uh, it's a it's an entirely different story. But uh, Abel, um, if they were, who do you think uh, sh should take over uh, from him next summer? Yeah, I mean, I think like the stuff that you mentioned, right? Like the automatisms and 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 lack of progression right like that's almost always the coaching staff because if the players are thinking on the pitch in terms of like where's the next pass next passing that that probably means that this isn't really like deep drilled into in terms of details and and, and you do see you do see i mean you you mentioned um Dahoud and, and i mean i think the therapy teams which i think that's been a huge trend in, in, in football recently is this patterned build up which um obviously there's a lot of um basically like manufacturing transitions and a lot of uh, choices that are available it's it's there is some element of freedom but then there's a lot of it which is which is um really well rehearsed and you see this trickle down to the Bundesliga to uh Sebastian Hoeneß right in uh in Stuttgart uh who who have taken many of these elements um Fabian Hürzler at St Pauli as well so i'm mentioning just those coaches as 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 ones who are uh, definitely like available and 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 um you know would be with the candidates i think obviously nagelsman was was mentioned even before i think that that would make sense as well uh especially he he has uh, quite a lot to i don't want to say prove but but like there's a motivation factor probably for him as well after after the years and depending on how that goes of course but then again if that goes too well for germany then he might not be available for that so 
But um, I do think that, um, you know, somebody like Sebastian Hunas, although he's, I would say, pretty big candidate for the Bayern job, uh, for obvious reasons that I think everyone knows. Um, Hurtzler, who I think still hasn't renewed the contract in St. Pauli, and uh, I mean, I've, I've written uh, quite a bit on them uh, this season, and it's really, really one of the most fun teams to watch in, in football. Um, so, like, I think basically my, my, my short answer to this is that uh, most of the teams that uh, Dortmund should be looking to, or most of the coaches, are the ones who can do something in possession. Because the other tricky thing to Dortmund's uh, ide- lack of identity is that um, it, it also isn't like an aggressive team out of possession. Like uh, they're defending about five yards deeper on average. The I know, it's is, is much, much, much worse. It's, it's, it's pretty passive. So that's what I mean, where it's like sort of, okay, at least like the you, you think, okay, well, the in possession isn't great, but then at least they're like, maniacs out of possession or at least like they're forcing them but they aren't so and in those cases i'm I'm always just skeptical so I, yeah i would i would say like if you're just looking in germany like obviously nagelsmann should be number one but then hernes two and then maybe hertzler three and then there's there's some other ones uh that i think would would probably be a little bit more left field candidates but i think these three sh- certainly um at least like put them in the category of viable and and if if not even desirable yeah uh all all good shouts obviously i personally don't like nuggets just from a personality standpoint i'm not sure if that would be the the very best fit um to to be honest uh because i don't think he he chimes well with dortmund fans overall but uh i i do believe yeah. uh he would have the advantage of probably playing a better brand of football and then a lot of things are forgiven i just don't know uh for for the long term if uh him and Dortmund are really uh on a on a level because <laughs> it, it harmonizes or not uh, in, in in different ways but uh, uh certainly right now i think i would actually take nagelsmann over the football that i have to watch on a bi-weekly basis yeah. so um yeah sad times <laughs> Um, but um, a little outlook to the to the reverse fixture. Um, obviously, Schlotterbeck will be out because uh, he has been booked and uh, uh, will be suspended for that game. But uh, if there's one thing evident, I think the gap in individual quality is actually quite big. And Dortmund did, in at least in that regard, really play well against PSV, who did really struggle, especially also physically. Um, at the end of the game, pace we were really, really tired as mm-hmm. well. So I, I do believe that if if this game is played in the Westfalen Sharon where Dortmund do play with a bit more, uh, say, ambition, <laughs> then uh, I, I do actually believe that they will uh, probably make it out of this tie. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that's, that's, that's like the reasonable assumption. And I mean, I think like having watched Eredivisie quite a bit, like, last couple of months like you definitely notice like the differences in in terms of quality and intensity and certainly even like the last few years of it at Divisie, like uh just you know since i guess ajax have have been bad but uh yeah and it's yeah it's just it's just and, and in pashwe as well like i think it must be really difficult for them to go from that to like the champions league and then you know do well there and and, and you know just in, in terms of you know their squad is like 
21, 22 year olds who probably aren't used to it or like a 33 year old who can maybe only do 60 minutes of intensity and, and then push Bush has uh, to his credit he's always demanded that but and I do think he's managed it uh pretty well but yeah I think uh the Schlott- losing Schlotterbeck is, is obviously bad for the build-up because his sort of diagonal balls which aren't really utilized like I don't I think one of the things is like he's not He's not nearly like the Freiburg Schlotterbeck who's taking these chances, or, or he almost like looks timid in in many ways. It's like it's sort of coached out of him, where where he's like, yes. you know. And it's probably the mistakes. Like it, it, it's it's not it's like it's not as like dramatic as like Upamecano, but you definitely see the the confidence like sort of uh, almost sucked out of him. Um, and then the 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 bigger issue with that is that Hummels has just dropped off so much with the ball. Like obviously he's still making all these like important tackles and, and box defending and all that stuff. Like the instincts are still there, but with the ball, he just never takes any chances. Like he's, he's not just playing quickly. Like there's so many of these instances where, you know, he, the free player is there and he's just like not willing to, to, to take that risk. And we don't know with Zule anymore, really. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's just kind of, I, I would say he's the lost man on the, on the team, but then there's been Sabaini. So like, uh, you know, he's probably even more lost than him. So, but but again, like you still could play him Rechan. Like I think that 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 probably would would also be a reasonable thing to just play him, since you're kind of playing with a back three anyway, and then just play like a Brandt as a as one of the two, or you know I I don't, I don't know like uh, it just just someone a little bit. I thought Zabitzer did well in, in this game overall yeah, because he of did. like he, he's having just, a just really good con- stint right now. Uh, yeah yeah yeah, and and he's important, but it's but it's like. I think that's also a sign where like if he's like the sort of most consistent. Dip, midfielder that's yeah when when Zabitza leads your short creating actions it's not going well (laughs) yeah yeah and then even this game like I I think it was like Malin had I think five shots out of the eight and uh yeah as as you mentioned so yeah um probably I I, I would just play yeah I don't think Brandt is in great form obviously but I would still always still play him over Royce in terms of you know uh just just the guy who's able to break pressure like particularly in this game because I think that's the thing with, with with Royce now is that he's he's limited to kind of combinations and yes. you know counterattacks and I don't, I just don't think like you're getting counterattacks because the buildup isn't that as great anymore and yeah like I think I guess the fullback issues are somewhat solved with Rearson coming back and Matson so that's that's good like it's you know you're not running Munier out there anymore and, you know. <laughs> well the hopes are and obviously this is Dortmund so you have to take it with a massive grain of salt given this game is on March 13 um, right. that uh, by then Adiemi and Alea will be back and uh, but but you don't know who else in the meantime will pick up an injury <laughs> so we'll we'll see um but uh yeah uh i mean dortmund play play hoffenheim next at home and then they have two away games yeah. against union berlin and, and werder bremen so it's it's going to be a bit more choppy before the 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 business end of the season really starts, because after Eindhoven you play Frankfurt, you yeah, there's play a Munich, crazy schedule. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so this these are the the games, uh, especially like Bayern, right? Yeah. yeah, so so dropping points against Heidenheim and Wolfsburg really hurts you because the the schedule yeah. really does uh, pick up uh, toward the, the the final stages of the season. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I don't really feel like I need to preview Hoffenheim uh, in detail because. Uh, 
What's what's the point? Uh, I, I'd rather talk a little bit more Champions League. So, uh, Abel, this was fun. The, the, the one win in the 15 uh, league games isn't really doing it for you. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, this this was uh, certainly fun. And uh, yeah, thank you for, for providing your insight. Uh, I, I really can't wait to see if uh, any coaches on your uh, shortlist uh, are being presented next summer or not. Yeah, well, I, it sounds like an invitation for me to come back in the in the summer to yeah. to discuss one of the, one. Of, I mean, I guess it it had been been uh, you know. I mean, there's probably other candidates uh, out there, and and I do think that um, like I think Terzic is probably the kind of coach who who or or like sort of club servant, right? In in, in the positive uh, connotation of this term is that he who who would probably step aside or 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 like you know go to a different position or. You know, um, just see that it's like, well, he's done sort of everything he's he could. And now it's probably time to kind of start a new thing. Because it's like, I think that really the, the ceiling of this club and the reality, or the ceiling of this club is higher, right? But the reality of this club is that they're like Champions League club, but it's like fourth or fifth, which I guess like fifth place is probably going to get a Champions League spot now, right? Given the coefficient rankings. So, uh but it's, that's where they are, right? And and I just like if you look at the top three, you just you just don't even you know, just don't see them. Like it's not on the sort of same level, right? As as, as a, even as a Stuttgart, which which sounded crazy, like even I don't know six months ago, right? Uh, but but that's the reality, and and there's no way like um, leadership and the board is. Uh, one thing we know is that they're not gonna like be satisfied with that, right? So. Um, as much as loyalty they might have, uh, they also are smart enough and pragmatic enough to see, okay, well, this, this needs to change, right? Yeah, definitely. Uh, let, let's hope, let's hope, uh, you're right about that. Uh, anyway, uh, Abel, uh, if you have any projects, uh, or anything to promote, uh, <laughs> be my guest. <laughs> mm, I think I've, well, I, I do, but I don't think it's anything that's really like Dortmund. Uh, really it doesn't have but, to be uh, Dortmund yeah. related. <laughs> well, I just did the the, the Tifo football podcast uh, on Xabi uh, Alonso going to, to to Liverpool potentially, and and how that would how that would go, and uh, yeah, that was that's something that came out. I think uh, I, I think that's ago. that's interesting in the sense that he's not going to Bayern. <laughs> yeah. Because I think yeah, for, well, well, for, yeah, for Dortmund well, it would be disastrous if Xabi Alonso goes to Bayern. Yeah, I, th I think so as, as well. And I, I mean, we don't, we don't know. Like, just uh, Bayern's history of doing last-minute things and mostly doing it to Dortmund. So I think I guess it's, that's that. I, maybe that's the, the the refreshing side of it from a Dortmund perspective. That yeah, Dortmund that, 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 there's no one, there's no to one be, to steal, right? Yeah, yeah not even good enough to like be, well, be the one that. Except Diego of course, which is my one big right. worry for him to be the Neuer replacement. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see see what happens with Newbell, who's had a nice season, but but yeah, he's. Yeah, yeah. I, although I think, as you, as we mentioned about the reshuffling and Umbro, as, injury as, prone, as you say in German, uh, Bayern are definitely high on that list of of needing to go through that. So uh, it's tough to count that out. But yeah, I think I think Dortmund will be. I think they'll somehow benefit. I think from 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 this in in a, in a twisted way, right? Because if just in the way that uh, you know Nagelsmann might become available after the after the Euros, right? And and. Uh, 
especially if it doesn't go well, right? Then then it's then it's probably even bigger chance. Like because if it goes well, then then it's likely like someone someone in the Premier League uh, could go for him, like a, like a Chelsea or something, but um, or Barcelona or something. But uh, I don't know. But then if we if we think about it from that perspective, so there there, there could be some ramifications. But yeah, I just think it's it's Dortmund are in this weird place where like almost no one's really talking about them and that, that that's only their their own making right like it, they they've kind of put themselves in this situation right unfortunately i need 442 magazine to bring out a, a front page where it says <laughs> europe's coldest team right yeah. <laughs> all right that's Taking a good point back. to end it abel okay. uh, thank you so much for coming on and uh, yeah we'll catch up in the summer uh, to see if you were right yeah. <laughs> or not you got it uh, thank you so much uh, uh, see you soon goodbye and everyone out there uh, as always thank you for listening we'll be back again soon goodbye